Okay. So, uh, what we said we're going to do tonight is we're going to finish Perk Tzad Gimel. This is the second paragraph, the second Perk that we say after L'chadodi, Hashem Malach. And then um, I decided just to say that we actually completed the entirety of Kabbalah Shabbos. So, in between the six prakim of Tehillim before L'chadodi, there's this small paragraph of Anabachach. So I decided we might as well cover that as well. And that way we will have gone all the way from the Hunaranunat till the end of Hashem Malach. And that would be a complete Kabbalah Shabbos service. So we'll go ahead and we'll try and cover that uh, that uh, tonight as well. And that way we uh, can push off at least for another week the executive decision about what we're going to do next. So as long as we can keep pushing that up. So that is a successful week for us, I know. Okay. So... Let me find where we are. Hopefully this appears on the screen there. Yeah? Lovesh Hashem Hazar. Yeah, okay, great. So we did the first Pasuk last week. So uh, just we'll just review the words themselves. Hashem Malach, when Hashem began his reign, Geus Lavesh, he closed himself in majesty. Lava Hashem, Oz Hazar, and he girded Hashem is clothed, and he wrapped himself in his strength. Aftikun Baltimot, and he went ahead and he established the world in a sturdy manner. Baltimot, and it cannot be moved, it cannot uh, um, uh, cannot be shaken. And we spent a lot of time, if you remember, in the Malbim. The Malbim was explaining the difference between Hakarish Baruch's conduct via miracles what we call Nisim, and Hashem's conduct via what we call nature, and how O's actually refers to God as it appears in nature, in Geus, Geus Lavesh, is Akash Baruch Hu's um, interaction with the world through the manner of miraculous things. But this is all a reference to the to the future. The Matsudas David said that this whole parrot uh, revolves around what's going to be at that time when Mashiach comes, and he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, um, his awareness is going to be recognized universally. Okay, so now we move on to the next Pasuk. Okay, so then we say that Nachon Kisacha Me'az Me'olam Ata that your throne stands firm from old, Kisacha is Hashem's uh, throne, uh, Me'oz, meaning from all the way back, Me'ola, which is another reference we'll see in the Malbim, but another reference to forever, Ata. So you are forever. So you see, this may be the uh, one of the first times that we there's not something on all five words, but four out of the five words have uh, have a footnote. So what is Hashem's throne referred to? So here, the Malbim says in his commentary on the words, he says, So whenever we talk about God's throne, God's seat, so we always refer to the way he is going to interact with things in a heavenly manner. And then we say, we'll go back up here actually, then we say that Hashem's throne was firm, me'oz, from way back. So the Mitsuda says that me'oz, way back, means from the time of creation. So this is creation itself. So Hashem's throne was in place already from the time of creation. And the Malbim explains 
that this refers to is going back on what we said in the previous pasuk. It means me'az, meaning the time when Hashem firmly established the world and it cannot be shaken. So from the wor- the, the moment that the world took shape and it took its uh, it uh, it was uh, in its position of sturdiness. So it's at that point that Hakadosh Baruch Hu's throne was firmly in place. Me'olam ata. So then the Mitzuga says that the term me'olam this refers to even before creation. Me'az, according to Mitzudas, means from the time of creation. Me'olam means even before creation. Ata. So this is something which is going to be recognized. This we'll read inside. That Az, at this time, so Yakiru, everybody's going to recognize. It'll be universally recognized and acknowledged. Kinachon hu kise machusecha. Me'az me'olam ata. That it's your throne, God, which was in place all the way from the beginning of creation, from before creation, Koloma, the Radak says, Kodama Olam, that you, your, your throne had to be in place already from before creation even began, and it's from that place of sitting on your throne, Vyatabarasa Olam, that you went ahead and you created the universe. So that's sort of like we say, if you remember in Adon Olam, we say, Adon Olam Hashem Alach, that you Hashem, who ruled, before anything was created. So everybody wants to know, what exactly does it mean? How could you be a melech if there's no creatures? Right? The Chazal have this phrase, ain't melech below am. There's no such thing as a king without a nation. So if nothing exists in the universe, how could Baruch be the king over nothing? So here we have perhaps a little hint to that. The, the Radak is saying, HaKadosh Baruch already established his throne of Malchus, so that it was from that position that he went ahead and brought everything into, into existence. So that's why he had to be the Melech already, because as the king, he was uh, directing how things were going to go ahead and they were going to uh, unfold. Now the Malbim says over here on this Pasuk, he says, Hashemayim nikroim b'shem kise Hashem. So he also says, similar to the Mitsudas, I think it was, um, no, the, the Malvin. So the Malvin consistent. That when we talk about heavenly things, so the, the seat of God or the throne of God refers to what, what's happening in the heavens. Like the Pasuk says. And this refers to the manner by which the heavens exist. Because it's based on those laws what Akash Baruch Hu put in place at the time of creation that all of those fixed laws of nature are going to remain in place, and that's where they, they stem from. The Kiseizu, and this throne, from where all heavenly things emerge and extend out from, so this throne itself is Nachon Me'az. It was established already from way back. That already from the six days of creation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu prepared his throne, that through which, so all of the laws of nature are going to pass through. So it's the throne again, which put in place these laws of nature. That's why they had to be in existence before creation, because you have to, they had to fall into some sort of system. And, but, <laughs> it doesn't all stem exclusively and only from the throne of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which are those laws of nature, the laws of science, but you actually preceded the world, 
גם אתה בעצמך נמצא מעולם להניג שלא באמצעות הכיסא, כי אז השם, again, כי השם is unchanging, so השם didn't need a throne per se with which, upon which to sit to create the, the universe, but you yourself were there, and you could do so שלא באמצעות הכיסא, even without a throne. רק הידי הנהגה אחרת, because you could go ahead and you could uh, rule the world, you could direct how things are going to unfold in the world, even without nature, and that's going to be the miraculous things which you do in this universe, which is uh, something which can only be attributed to you, uh, to you, God, and nothing else. So that's how the, um, that's how the Malbim understands this, uh, this passage. Then we go back. Next Pasuk says, Nasu Naharos Hashem, Nasu, that the oceans have raised Kama Hashem, the ocean, Nasu Naharos Kolam, that the oceans or the rivers, so they went ahead and they raised their voice. Yisu Naharos Achiyom, and the, this is probably why it's an uh, ocean, the ocean raised its raging waters. So the Dachyom are these raging uh, waters. So what exactly is this uh, why are we talking about oceans or rivers or water? What does any of this have to do with uh, what we're discussing in terms of Hashem's Malchus? So we say that um, uh, that the uh, the waters, we'll just take it as waters right now before we understand the metaphor. So the Mitsuda says, that the waters made an attempt to go ahead and intimidate and frighten those people. That's why they're lifting up the, the, their sound. They're making a lot of noise. They raised its voice and the raging waters to scare and intimidate. And now he says, the Radak explains that the Naharos, these rivers or the oceans that we refer to, that this is a reference, the waters are a reference to Gog and Mago, as well as the other kings which are going to join forces with them. We'll just say the UN for short. Who are going to gather together, probably somewhere in Northern Europe, in order to go ahead and wage war on Yerushalayim. And David Amalek goes ahead and equates Gog Magog in the other kings who are going to do battle against us. He equates that with, or he uses the mushal, the parable of Water, uh, mighty waters, mighty rivers, or mighty oceans, that when the water rushes quickly, so it can be very loud. So we're equating that to this deafening noise of the water. Because they're go at the time of Mashiach, or right before Mashiach, so they're going to make a lot of noise. Not much strength behind them, but it's a lot of intimidating noise, like they talk about, that the smaller the species of dog, the more they bark and the louder they try and bark, because they know that they're not the alpha male in the room. So they have to go ahead and they have to assert their uh, their dominance by making a lot of noise. The dogs, which actually are strong and powerful and can kill, they can just sit there quietly because if they need to do what they're going to do, they're just going to do it. They don't have to uh, intimidate. Just by their existence, they're able to uh, to do that. So that is what Gog, Magog, and the kings are going to do battle with Kaisal. That is what they are compared to in these in these psukim. And the Malbim here says, Ratzalomer. He also says that uh, Ratzalomer, what the Pasuk means to say in terms of all of the waters 
raising their voice in the raging waters. That even the rivers are going to, even the mighty loud rivers are ultimately going to raise their voices and they're going to declare what we said in the previous pasuk. This is the way the Malbim reads it. That your throne is from the beginning of creation and you have been around since even before creation. So the Malbim now clarifies that it's the rivers or the oceans, the waters themselves that are making this declaration. Water is is ancient, is the world itself. And the waters are going to be the thing which is going to testify to the existence of God, that God has been around since the beginning of everything. And the waters are also going to testify to the idea that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs, through, runs things through Hashkacha Pratis. Like the Pasuk says, Hashem that's the Pasuk, which says that Hashem is in charge of everything. That it's from the seas and the rivers. That's how it's going to be known that the land belongs to Hashem also. So the Malbim is creating this interesting means of communication that the, the, um, the waters are going to demonstrate to mankind that Hashem is in charge of the land as well. So how do the waters demonstrate Hashem is in charge of the earth and Hashem is in charge of the land? So he says, Really what should have happened is, is that the waters should cover the land. Because right? water will always cover whatever is in, in its place. And Hashem went ahead and created a different nature to water. That the water should all gather together into one place. This is going back to the very beginning of creation when land appeared. So land appeared only because Hashem said, let the waters gather into their place. And that became the oceans and the seas and whatnot. And only when Hashem commanded the waters to gather into oceans and lakes did dry land appear. And the very fact that Kosh Baruch Hu can create a, a, a conditions whereby the waters will be gathered in their place, and this will allow the appearance of land. Shel Hashem Aras, this demonstrates to us that the land belongs to Hashem. Uh, and the, the the rivers, which are going to be in the various places, shall yadam that it's going to be the waters which are net, which are adjacent to the land, eres that's going to be the inhabited land. Now, obviously, this changed with the industrial revolution and with the way the world changed dramatically. But for most of of uh, human history, so when people settled, they always needed to settle by a body of water. Because how else are they going to get water if they're, you're not settling by a body of water? So it was always going to be by a lake, by a river, some access to be able to, fre- to have fresh water. So, so for most of the history of mankind, uh, land and water always went hand in hand. And that's why they always had to make sure that they had this fresh water to water their fields 
in order to grow fruit and vegetables and grain and whatever it is that they needed for sustenance. And they also always needed water to give their animals, because how are the animals going to survive without water? Umavuah, this makes it clear, that Hashem has the inhabited land in all the inhabitants in it. He's in charge of that. He directs all of that. And therefore, the rivers, which are always present where there is human life, rivers and in, in lakes are always present where there, where there is human life. They're going to lift up their voices, lay more to declare. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu has been on his throne from the very beginning of creation. And not only that, that Hashem has been around since the beginning of creation, but additionally, that you, Hashem, personally oversee what exactly is going on. And in that way, the rivers or the oceans or the lakes are going to lift up their voice. And the rivers are also going to raise the raging waters. So we understand up until now what the loud voice was because that's going to be the declaration of Hashem's presence in the universe. But why is it that there needs to be raging waters? Ratzalomer, so to this the Malbim explains, that regard, whether we're talking about the water, which goes in the normal path of the river, it stays within the riverbed and just flows downriver. river. Or whether we're talking about places where the rivers breached through the boundary of the land, broke the levee, whatever happened in uh, New Orleans over there, was a levee, yeah? And it, it deviated from its normal path. Sometimes that also, because the river uh, branched out into a different direction, so that allowed people to settle elsewhere. All of these different things, all of this is going to shout to the universe, to the inhabited world, to all of mankind. The Hakash Baruch Hu is the one who fills the land, and he is the one who is in charge of everything. And then we say that Mikolos Mayim Rabim, that above the sound of these mighty waters, Adirim Mishbreyam, they're even stronger than those things which they put out. Mishbre, you see the word uh, shavur, means broken. So mishbreyam, they, they translate as the breakers of the sea. So rather than allowing the ocean waves to be too strong as they come in, or the, the even in the lake, to uh, to prevent the waves from becoming too strong and destroying things on the, on the land nearby, so you put these breakers which... Break the waves, I guess. They, they break the waves, make it uh, uh, so the, the the power of the water won't hit ground. Adir bamarum Hashem, but you Hashem, you are mighty, that's the Adir, bamarom on high. So as much as all of the rivers and the lakes and the, the, uh, are going to be able to do what they do, but ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you are going to be above all of that. What does that mean? So here the, we say, the Radak explains, the Amar, so we say, Ki Yisu Kolam Yosem Mikolos Maim Rabim. That there's a, the oceans are going to make their noise, or the rivers are going to make their noise more than great waters. Adiri Mishbreyam, 
and they're going to be v'yoser adir mimishbrayam. It's going to be more powerful. These voices are going to be more powerful than the sea breakers. Adir b'maram Hashem is going to be your presence, Hashem, in the heavens is something which is more powerful or more dominant than all of that. The imu adirim, and even if they will be mighty, as mighty as they try and be, Hashem b'maram adir alem v'ashpilim, Hashem is in the heavens, he's more powerful, and he's always going to go ahead and put them back into their place. So as much as we see, and this is why I always get excited when there's a tsunami, not because of the destruction or whatever, and the, the loss of life, Rahman al-Islam, but because you get to see how powerful nature could actually be, how it could just rip you know, buildings off of their foundation and all sorts of things. So all of that, when you see that type of power in the sea, and then you think that Kosh Baruch Hu is, by very definition, more powerful than that, it gives us some sort of illustration of what exactly power means, how you know, the power to destroy you know, entire cities in short periods of time. Says the Malbim, So Mabma says, the Hayam, the sea, Umeimav, and the waters, Umishbarav, and the sea breakers. And in parentheses there, he explains what they are. Heim Yitznu Kolam, Lemur. So all of them are going to join together in a chorus, as it were. They're going to join forces, forces and they're going to say, Ki Adir Bamarum Hashem. That they're all going to declare publicly, Hashem is mighty and powerful. That if a weak person says somebody's strong, so that's not really so impressive, because as a ninety-pound weakling, so for that person to say somebody's strong, that may be that they could carry a you know a couple of cases of beer. So that's not so impressive if that's the extent, if that's their measure of strength. But when somebody who's really powerful says that somebody else is strong, so that already is significant because that person knows what power is. So when the oceans and the rivers and the lakes, with all of their potential power, declare Hashem is even more powerful, so that already is, is impressive. Hashem who adir b'marom, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is powerful in the heavens, and is able to direct and run the entire system of nature, according to His will, and all of them are submissive, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then finally we say, uh, that your testimonies are extremely faithful, and holiness, and we, we darshan it, we read it backwards, the Kodesh of your Na'ava, of your holy home, Na'ava is one of the synonyms we have for a home, uh, sorry, it's 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 beautiful. Sorry, Nava is beautiful. So the Vesra, the Kedusha, is something which is appropriate for your home. Hashem la'orach yamim, and Hashem is going to be for length of days. So the beginning of the Apostle says, we talk about Kodesh Baruch Hu's testimonies, that they're faithful. What does that mean? So explains the Mitzudas, Divre HaNavim, that the words of the Nevi'im, HaMe'idim al Hachua, who testify that there's going to be a salvation, Hema Ne'emani Ma'od, they are incredibly reliable and trustworthy. And Kedusha, holiness and sanctity, is going to be something which is beautiful and adorns your home. And it's going to be continuous for the end of days. And it's not something which can be destroyed at all. 
So that's what the, the words of the Nevi'im, we're not just talking, we're not talking about mitzvahs randomly over here. We're talking about the testimony of the Nevi'im are faithful that you, HaKadosh Baruch are going to endure forever. And we say, um, so we say, so we say, what does Eidosecha mean? We say, Heim, uh, so Eidosecha in this context refers to messages which have been communicated to us via the Nevi'im. Who testify about your machus, about your reign, and they will continue to be very powerful and uh, they will be fulfilled. Yet they are very faithful. What does it mean to be very faithful? What's the difference between faithful and very faithful? In other words, at the time of the future, this time of the future, by uh, by the time of Mashiach, so there's going to be nobody who is going to doubt this whatsoever. This is something which is going to be universally recognized, and that's what the Ma'od is coming to emphasize. That it's not just that many people will believe it, it's not just that we will believe it, or most people are going to believe it, but it's going to be universally recognized without exception. And then it says, Amar, Leveischa, Yeh, Na'ev, the Kodesh Archiyam. We say that you're your your home, your palace, Hashem, is going to be beautiful and uh, and uh, and stunning with kedusha for all time. Meaning shelo yechav od, that it's not going to be something which is it will never be destroyed. Hashem who lashon kriya and um, yeah, we'll skip that part. It says v'yeshafar shnaava. We explain the word na'va, which sometimes means beautiful. He says that this word is inyan type of the cheshit. It can also refer to yearning and desire. What does it mean? Why are we talking about that levescha na'ava kodesh? What's the yearning and desire of this kedusha? Kolomar shakol adam yisava v'yechashek levescha. Everybody is going to yearn and desire to be in your house, meaning in the base amitash, to be close to you, God. Shukodesh, where that is where sanctity is going to reside, la'orech yamim for all time. So this is what the, this universal recognition of God is going to uh, is going to lead to. This this uh, this um, collection of people uh, with the newfound desire and yearning to be able to come to Yerushalayim, to be able to be close to God in his in his place. And finally, the Malbim says, "Veat shiuro." That he says that this is now the this last pasuk is the one that culminates the uh, the entirety of it, and that is Nicholas Maim Rabim, that from the sounds of those mighty uh, voices, a mode. So that's how we're going to see that your testimonies are going to be extremely faithful. These are now he takes it not as the testimony of of the uh, of the Nevi'im, of the prophets, but he says. Ha'edus, the testimony according to the Malbim, the testimonies is that you went ahead and testified about they are more reliable and trustworthy than the great, abundant, mighty, and powerful waters. Why? Because the, the sounds of the waters themselves. Yeah, they will testify. Shatamoshal Amarechas Hashemayim Vateva, 
they won't be the ones who bear testimony that you are the one who is in charge and directs all of nature and all of the heavens. Umanhigam kirtsono, and you run the world according to the way you want. The and they will be the ones. It's those mighty waters which are going to declare that Hashem is mighty in the heavens. Uh, but you have testified that you are not um, a mighty um, force that exists in the heavens and a force which directs things, that's the money, directs things from a distance. Rock, but rather but rather, this is something that you're going to do from your home, not your vacation home in New Buffalo or Florida or Paris or Eretz Israel, maybe in Eretz Israel. But this is something which is not going to be from a distance. It's going to be from nearby. The testimony which we received about you, God, is that you're not distant from us, Yoshev Marom, sitting in the heavens, sipping martinis and not paying attention to what happens here on earth. Or rather, you sit here in the Beisamikdash. And you're going to direct things in this world, in the physical universe, which are beyond nature, but you're going to do it from your home here on earth, meaning the Beisamikdash. Because your home, Hashem, and the Beisamikdash, so that is referred to as Kodesh, that's a place of sanctity. Because Kedusha, we know from various sources, always means to separate. So we say that the base, when we, we describe Hashem's home as the base Hamikdash, where the word Kedusha is there, this is the place from which the physical world and the spiritual world, this is where they touch, but this is also where they separate. That's what's going to, going to happen, that the, the, the base Hamikdash is a more spiritual place than it is a physical place. In this conduct, this manner of running the world occurs specifically in your house. By virtue of the fact that you, Hashem, reside in the Beis Hamitosh, that's what that's what brings the spirituality to the place. And that's where spirituality is going to separate from the physical. And it's not that there are going to be miracles and wonders which happen occasionally. And rather, we're, we're all going to be able to see on a constant and regular basis Hashem's existence for length of days. To the point where we're going to see the divine providence as a fixture, is something we're going to be able to see regularly and we're going to be able to see clearly on a, on a regular basis, on a constant basis, and this is something which is going to be a great source of inspiration for uh, for all of us. So that is Perak um, Sadi Gibble.